Hello and welcome to episode three of the all new Right for Life podcast. I'm joined by my trusty co-host, as always, Mike Hurley. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ian. How the heck are you doing? I'm doing bloody well, sir. That sounded a little bit like a swear word in the first 20 seconds, but it's not a proper swear word, so we're going to let it go. We are going to let it go. How are you? I'm very well. Now, let me quote something. This is a quote from one of the greatest living philosophers that's still alive. Ready? Mm-hmm. Cold, cold heart, hard done by you. Some things look better, baby, just passing through. And it's no sacrifice, just a simple word. It's two hearts living in two separate worlds. Wow, Elton John. Absolutely. I mean, that's... Uh, are you okay? Are you not upset? No, um, I'm holding back the tears. Good. Now, the reason I read that out is not because it's got anything to do with anything other than a soppy love song. And, of course, Elton didn't even write it himself. It was Bernie Taupin, his uh, lyricist. I only found that out fairly recently that he didn't write any of his lyrics and still doesn't. Lazy no, he gets. writes the music and Bernie Taupin writes the lyrics. Indeed. Um, so that's not got anything to do with anything apart from the song was called Sacrifice. <laughs> it can ignore all the words except that one word. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I have had it in my head since I uh, started thinking about what we were going to talk about this week, which is uh, Sacrifice and um, the sacrifices that you need to make if you're going to... Um, uh, I say write, but it's actually do anything creatively. Um, and I wrote a blog post about it. I don't think we should cross-pollinate the blog with the podcast too much, but I'd actually thought of this as a subject for this uh, episode, and then I thought, do you know what, I'm going to write about it in a bit more detail. And so I did. So I've, I posted on Write For Your Life, the blog, um, about sacrifice, and the title is um, Why Great Writing Takes Great Sacrifice. Um, and I think that's just... Um, a bit of a truth. If you actually want to get anything done, <laughs> anything worthwhile done, anything that really means anything to you, um, and in my case, it's it's my novel, and to a lesser extent, I suppose, write for your life itself. Um, uh, then, at some point, you will have to sacrifice other things in your life. The only way that any sort of great art—and I'm not saying that I've created great art—but um, anything that's of real worth to anyone. Um, take some level of sacrifice. There comes a point where you have to put everything else to one side and say, this stuff right now at this moment is not as important as this particular thing that I'm doing, which, as I say, in my case, was um, my novel. And the reason that I wanted to talk about it um, in the podcast, and I specifically wanted to uh, talk to you about it, Mike, is because, one, because you're, about, you're in the process of writing uh, your uh, book on podcasting, so... Um, um, I, I think it's relevant to that. But also, the 70 decibels network, I know, I know that that takes, it, we, we all know because, the, because of how long the shows take, then there's, all the, <laughs> then there's all the production time as well, and you're doing this every week. So I, I know, we all know, that, um, and that you've got a full-time job, so we know that there is a certain level of sacrifice going on on there, so I thought it would be relevant in, in that case. Um, so I guess I guess I'm, I'm afraid I have a question to you straight off. Okay. Do you feel like uh, you're sacrificing things in order to try and get this get the seventy decibels network uh, to the position it is now? I guess, but also to where you want it to go in the future. Yes. 
Um, the one thing I'm definitely sacrificing is sleep. And, 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 and that's kind of only slightly tongue-in-cheek. I, I do sleep a lot less now than I did two years ago because I'm, ev- I'm either going to sleep late because I've got so much work to do or I'm waking up early to post things, which I do do sometimes. I have to. I don't have access at work to be able to to post any shows because some shows we do schedule, so I have to get up extra early to get all of that ready before I can leave for work in the morning. Sometimes, so that is one sacrifice. And another in is is free time. I don't I don't have any free time um, from Monday to Thursday. So from the moment I. You know, I leave work and I have to leave work and rush home so I can start the recording because we have a schedule to keep. So, I, you know, if, if somebody, if Ian Broom says to me, oh, I've found myself randomly in London today and it's Wednesday, let's go for a pint. I'd be like, oh, Ian, if you could have told me about three weeks ago, I could have arranged it. But I've got a guest for the brochure. I've got the app orchard to do and I've, you know, I'm too busy. Sorry, Ian. You have to come round and wait in my garden or something. Yeah, but it, it, that that's the... That's what I have sort of sacrificed. I have sacrificed a lot of free time to be able to get the shows done. And I can relate to both of those things. And and um, and it's interesting that the uh, I guess the two the two the two examples you you've used there are actually both uh, um, personal things. I mean that's quite a vague term, but in the sense that they're not, for example, other projects. So one of the um, examples I, I, I've used for me is that um, I've um, at times I've well for for example when I've been writing um, intensively on my novel when I was editing actually a couple of years ago uh, write for your life was just starting to take off and I decided that um, I just couldn't I couldn't do both things I couldn't write give give my novel the, the attention it needed to edit it properly and post i was trying to post two or three times a week or whatever it was to write for your life one of them was more important to me so the other stuff went personal stuff is way more difficult um it's way more difficult to make that decision to sacrifice something else um and and the real decision that you have to make is ultimately whether it's worth it or not so presumably you've been doing this for two years to you it's 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 worth it yeah, totally. I mean, it's um, it's so much more than a hobby now. Um, it's actually how I like, it's how I really do enjoy to spend my spare time. I mean, if I was at home on any day in the week, you know, I would prefer to be podcasting. Like when, when I had my holiday recently, there were times where I was like, it is nice to have this break, but I know that such, such and such show is being recorded at the moment. I would quite like to be a part of it. So you know there, there there is that element there that it is something that I, I I do really enjoy doing. So I am happy to sacrifice some things for it, but not necessarily everything. So let's turn to your book because all this yes. is make all this is making perfect sense. But I suspect, and I shall ask you <laughs> instead of suspecting stuff, I'm just going to ask you because you're here. I am. Um, <laughs> um, I suspect that the book because. Uh, I, 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 it doesn't come as naturally to you to write. I suspect that that um, is taking a back seat still to the 70 decibel stuff and to the free time stuff. So that's something that you do um, whenever you can. It's of less importance to you, partly perhaps because you don't enjoy it as much. Um, and the reason I say that is because whilst I, I do love writing and I'm very proud of what I've 
uh, ended up with um, the, the finished product of my novel. I, and of course, I, I wouldn't have finished it if I didn't love it. Um, at the same time, there were periods where I hated the thing. And, and I, <laughs> it's true, that's not a joke. That was not a joke. And I'm sure that any writer who's finished a novel of, or, or any sort of w work that's uh, of any sort of substance uh, in terms of length or time spent on it will have gone through periods where they despise it. Um, and whether you, I don't know whether you've got there or not, uh, or not uh, yet, Mike, and I, I'm sure you're about to tell me, but there will come a point where you absolutely hate doing it and it feels like the biggest chore in the world. And that's usually the point where you have to start making those sacrifices because yeah. otherwise you won't get it done. I mean, I've, I've not... I've not put as much work into the book as I would like to have put into the book. I mean, I would have liked to have had it finished by now, but I'm not even nearly there. Um, and you're right, Ian. It, it kind of has to take that third slot for me, really. You know, um, the podcast is, is the first, you know, that's 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 my first kind of thing um, that I do. And, and that, that there's other people that are relying on me to be around at such and such time. Like when it comes to being at 10 p.m. on a Thursday night, you're there expecting me to be here. Um, and so there's that. And, and, and then, I, you know, then because I have this demand on my time, I do like to have free time on the weekends. So the book, you're right, it does come sort of if and when I have time. Which you know maybe isn't necessarily the best thing to do when you're writing a book, but I mean I recently took a week's holiday and during that time I wrote more than I'd written um, for a, in that week than I had in the couple of months where I've been trying to write the book because I'd taken that time off primarily to see if I could get the book written. Mm. But it's interesting that you should say that about wanting to. Uh, needing to be here at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night so that me and you can record this podcast and you could have picked any one of the guests <laughs> for Centre Decibels, I guess I'm nearest. Um, but um, the, the truth is, um, if it came to the crunch, then and you said to me, Ian, I've, this book needs finished, I've got a deadline for next week, I, there's no way that I can possibly get this done unless I record it at a different time or on a different day or we just skip it for a week or um, uh, and if you said that to me I would say um, because uh, I put myself in bracket of either friend or family because they're usually the two types of people who actually or colleague I guess you know whoever it is someone who you trust and who are close to if they understand this other project that uh, this particular point has to become the most important thing for you then they will support you hopefully and do whatever it takes to allow that to happen mm -hmm. so in that example you just said i would say to if you if you if you said to me um or if i even suspected that you were doing this when you should be doing something else this is not our business yet it, of course if there are sort of thousands of pounds uh, or dollars um going across the table then you would we're not you know, picky so, about the currency <laughs> No, I don't mind. I'll take anything. <laughs> that, that was a plea for a sponsorship right there. <laughs> um, um, if you were to uh, say that, or if I was to suspect that you should be doing something else that is much more important than this right now, then I would say to you, as I've just said, we could either do it at a different time or say, I tell you what, I'll do it this week. I'll do the. I'll edit it. It might not be as good. I'll, I'll edit it. You don't even have to be on the show. I will find someone else to sit and talk to. I will sit and talk on my own for forty minutes and lose all our listenership. And I won't even record it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if it means that, if it means that you have to do what you have to do at that time, and the reason I say that is because that's happened. That happened to me. Uh, 
countless times. It has happened with project work. So um, another one is um, Words Aloud was the spoken word night that I ran before. Um, we ran for two years. It was one of the best things I've ever done. I absolutely loved running that spoken word night. It meant an awful lot to me and it was fantastic. But there was a couple of months where, um, again, another deadline, I've had lots of deadlines with this novel, a lot of them self-imposed, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I knew that I couldn't do it. I knew that I knew that I couldn't do the prep that I needed to do to do words aloud, have a, you know, have a night out. Um, cause it was always, you know, it was always a bit boozy by the end of the night. Um, and I knew that I couldn't do that. So at that time, my, the other people that I did it with, two or three of us, four or five of us, they, um, they said, Oh, don't worry about it. And the, the thing went ahead anyway, and it was fine. And, and, you know, I was, you know, I like to think slightly missed, but not hugely. The project happened and I was able to focus on what was most important at that, at that time because I'd, I'd made that sacrifice. Um, and just to finish off and perhaps, um, perhaps this is something you, you might be able to talk about as well. That was a project example. Another example in, in my personal life, I mean, I, I lost count of the amount of times uh, friends and family have, have made allowances for me. Who, you know, I've been for months on end without going for drinks with my friends, um, stayed at some, one of my friend's house for two months in order to get myself into an environment away from work and all this kind of thing. And, of course, my now wife, previously girlfriend, that's how it usually works, um, she's left me at the kitchen table or at my desk writing until three or four o'clock in the morning and had to put up with me being grumpy, being very stressed with the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing. And she's, she's um, enabled it to happen by supporting me and allowing that sacrifice to take place. And, um, and so I guess my point in all of this is that, yes, you do have these responsibilities, but at some point when it comes to, your writing and it might be in your case i think your case is slightly different because your, your podcasting is the primary thing mm -hmm. but um in terms of uh, for instance writing a novel or writing you know if you've if you've committed to write something substantial then at, um at, at some point you are going to need that support from other people and you you are going to have to sort of say this other stuff i need to it's not as important as this primary thing yeah. if that makes sense i, I completely <laughs> agree and and, and Basically, the way that I found out about this topic is me and Ian share a, a, a sort of um, a collaboration system, and um, Ian put the bejesus, like scared the bejesus out of me, basically, um, telling me that I had to sacrifice everything right now. Um, I'm definitely giving the short version, but what you said was that. <laughs> you, I just I've got it in front of me actually. I haven't actually used any of these funny. sentences, but they were they are quite threatening actually. <laughs> they are the, the the one that that really um, scared me was Mike. Some bad news. At some point, you're going to have to sacrifice something. Whatever you do now to finish your book, um, make it whatever you whatever you do now to finish your book and make it as good as it can possibly be. Something will have to give, and. That was the bit of all of it that spoke to me the most because it was like that you can carry on doing exactly what you're doing right now, which is what I'm doing, which is maybe spending um, every couple of weeks I get a day off work. Um, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to write for a good few hours on that time. And then wherever I can squeeze a little bit now and then is when I do it. Um, and just, you know, so I write however much I write during that period of time. But it is going to have to be that at some point it's going to have to be, like he says, you might have to take two weeks off podcasting. And I, and that's what I, how I envision it. It's going to come to some point where Randy, my publisher, is going to be like, look, if you don't finish this book, I'm going to fly over there and pull it out of your brain. Um, so then I'm just going to have to be like, okay, 
Um, off I go for two weeks to lock myself in a cupboard somewhere. Um, I might not be as extreme as Ian and take two months unpaid from work. Um, crazy fool. Um, but I do appreciate that that's something that I will probably have to do and just completely pull myself out of a lot of my other commitments if I really want to get this book done, which I do, because it's important to me. And that is the question, is... is um, uh before you make that sacrifice, the decision that you basically have to make, and I'm using the sort of you in the, I'm not talking to everyone now, not just you, mm-hmm. um, is that, is how much does it mean to you? How, how important is it? Because I've, my, my novel took, um, well, about seven years to write. And I know that that's an awful long time. And I know that, um, I probably could have got it done quicker if I'd have made, I don't know, if I, if I'd have just made, different decisions at different points. Um, that's not to say I spent two years, um, you know, on some sort of drinks and drink and drugs binge or anything like that. So just, you know, when I say made different decisions, there's nothing terrible, <laughs> nothing terrible happened. You weren't living on the other side of the tracks then? No, not at all. I, I just mean, you know, um, I probably could have done it, got it done quicker in one, one way or another. <laughs> um, what a roundabout way to, to say <laughs> Yeah. But the, I mean, the, but the one thing that the one thing that um, I did do on a number of a number of occasions was make some sort of sacrifice. It got to it came to a head where I thought, uh, you know, progress has been slow. It's been six months, and that's not a joke. It could have could, I have been times where I've gone six months where I've not been able to get to write on it in the way that I wanted to write on it, and I get to that point and just everything stops. And every time I've done that before, before I've made that sacrifice, the decision I've made beforehand. Or the thing that I've, I guess I've checked in with myself to make sure that I still felt the same way. Uh, and the decision I've always made is that I still want to fulfill my, I guess, my uh, childhood or my teenhood ambition of writing a novel and getting it published. And it's, it's as simple as that. And the only way that you actually get those things done um, is by hard work. And I guess that's, that's what... I guess ultimately that's what I mean by sacrifice is that yeah. at some point you're going to have to work like merry heck on, on your project. And it's horrible. It's really hard, properly, proper, hard, intense work feels entirely different to work in, 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 then with brackets after it normal. It's, it's an entirely different experience. And, 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 and I say that as someone who pretty much lives at the normal level. So I think there's only those times where I've made that sacrifice, where I've gone into this period of working intensely, where I've thought, oh, okay, that's what actually working hard really is. <laughs> it's not just swanning around, <laughs> drinking coffees and laughing all day. It's not recording a podcast with Mike on a, on a Thursday night or, you know, um, you know the, and, well, I, I say actually the, the other time is, is actually work itself. But I think, I, think, I think most people, and this is not to say that I sit at work doing nothing, which I think is what you were just alluding to and I was a bit late catching on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at, at work, I think in anyone's job, there is, if, you're, if you know what you're doing, then you do generally, you work at a, a level, I guess, um, of, of, of normality. There is, a normal, there is a normal level of work where you, where you operate at. But then there will be times where things are really busy, and I had one of these times last week. We had to uh, get a pitch in for a particular piece of work, and I was just unbelievably stressed. And it was exactly that same feeling that I had when I was writing uh, my novel in these in- intense periods. It's that feeling of unbelievable pressure to, to think, God, I need to get this. This has to be done now. I have, I have no choice. If I want to get this done, 
um, at work, of course, there are other pressures. Um, um, obviously, it has to get done because you get paid. But it's still that same thing. It's that same thing. You have that feeling of this is actually proper hard work. And um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's a separate feeling from normal work. And it's the only way that novels get written. It's the only way that uh, books about podcasts ever get written. Yeah. It's, it's the only way that the 70, de- 70 decibels network has been created and that you have all these podcasts is because you sacrificed other stuff. You, as you said at the start of this podcast, you sacrificed three to four days of your, of your uh, week which means uh, to to make this work, to get it to this stage you are now. Mm-hmm. You could have you could have stuck with the bro show. You and Terence doing a wonderful job. You'd have been perfectly happy, but you wouldn't have been as fulfilled. You wouldn't have achieved as much as you have now. And the only reason you've been able to achieve that is because you've realised that you need to a work hard and b couple that with sacrificing three or four nights uh, a week. It's, it's definitely it, and I mean, it, it, you can sort of take this to any level, I guess, really, because, I mean, if you if you uh, think that doing something at your job, you know, your 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 general general day job, if that's what you really want to be good at, you're sacrificing many other things. I mean, you could just be the person who sits and doesn't really have any stress and just gets on with their job, but the higher you go up the ranks, the more of your own sanity you start to sacrifice more than anything else, really, and you become quite stressed out so i guess really to be what what i've taken from this is to get anything done to do something that you're truly proud of you kind of have to make sacrifices but that, I, I think that that's usually the case i think that's how great work is done and i think it's specifically i think it's specifically relevant to people who are either at the start of the process or in the middle of the process i think for instance, writing novels would be a heck of a lot easier for me if I, um, if I, if I didn't, if it was my job, if it was what I did, if I'd got a, if, if my, I don't know, if I, I don't know, if I got a huge advance for, um, a novel which allowed me to, for instance, give up my job. Not that I necessarily would want to give up my job, to be perfectly honest, but the truth is, um, you know, if you get, if, if you got another, you know, a hundred thousand. This isn't going to happen, by the way. But a hundred thousand pounds for for uh, to to write three books, then you're looking at what thirty odd grand a year. I can I can manage that, no problem. And um, and all of a sudden, that's what you do, and therefore you've got lots more space. You've, you've literally got more space and time and all these kinds of things, and you can make it happen. And of course, some some authors do have that, um, but but not many. You know, published authors, generally speaking, midlist authors, people who are well-known, successful, most of them will have to do something else to get uh, the dinner on the table, so to speak. Um, so so I think whilst, unless you're some sort of famous author or unless you've managed to get yourself somehow into a position where you can live off your fiction or your poetry or whatever it might be, screenwriting, um, uh, then you will have to find a way of, of balancing uh, a, a job and and your creative work um i've slightly gone off my point to be perfectly honest with you but um uh, remind me what your question was we'll edit all this out no one will notice yeah, no, no, we'll know. i was just saying it, it wasn't really a question it was more a statement of no matter what you do to be good at it you have to make some sort of sacrifice yes okay i remember what i was going to say the reason it's more applicable to uh, beginners um and to people in the middle of the process so i would say someone who's just starting a novel or in your position someone who's halfway through writing a book about podcasts um is that 
you haven't finished, you haven't done it before, so you haven't actually got the experience of knowing what it feels like to finish. Therefore, you kind of think, goodness me, what have I got to do to get this finished? It sounds rubbish. I'm going to stop now. Um, or, um, or even if you're right at the start, you might sort of spend two or three hours writing, um, end up with one paragraph that you hate and think, I'm never going to try this again. Um, and the truth is that happens to pretty much anyone that's uh, ever tri- that's happened to pretty much anyone who's ever tried to write anything at all, and it's really common. But unless you've had the experience of that, then you don't really know. See, um, this is the thing for me, right? So this isn't the first book I've tried to write. I mean, I've wanted to write a book for years. I mean, I've tried writing fiction and and all sorts. Um, but I'd always like that. I'll, I might even write a good chunk, but then it gets to the point I'm like, I don't know what to do now. And then I would kind of just stop. But the the difference in the podcasting book is I know what the end looks like already because all I'm doing is basically telling my story, like, you know, how from, from starting with one show and building up what equipment I needed and the software I needed and then building on the show. So I know what the end of the book looks like. So, I mean, that that's the benefit, I think, that you ha- that I had through good planning, uh, for it being non-fiction, um, and that, you know, I, I'm not going to have a sudden idea that takes a, a plot twist. That, that There's no, you know, there's no plot twists in, in podcast books. No, but you know, you know what, you know what the ending looks like. Yeah. So that, you... that is a big, that, that's a, that's something that is at least helping me to, to know that I can get this finished because I have a good idea for what, what each part's going to look like. Yeah, but a lot of people who write novels have the same thing. You can, mm. I mean, I didn't especially. Well, I guess I did. I did after a while. I started being a bit more uh, sensible and planning things out. So I, I, know, I knew what it. I knew what the ending kind of looked like, just like you do. But I didn't know what the ending felt like. I didn't know what it fe- felt. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it. Crikey, I didn't know what it would feel like to finish writing my book, um, and and I didn't know what it would take in order to get there, and. My experience and I, and other people's experience too, the people who I've spoken to, anecdotal evidence, and you know, just just I think just well, I've just decided it's true. Um, <laughs> is that the, the way to do that? Usually, at some point, you have to sacrifice something. And I, I mean, I, I should probably make this clear. When I say sacrifice something, the examples that I've used um, uh, in the blog post that I mentioned and the ones that we re- referred to, referred to here. It doesn't necessarily have to be a permanent thing. In fact, with me, it's very rarely been a permanent thing. I, I don't. I, I, it's, it's something that can take three days. It, it might be something that takes three months. It, it could be. It could be. Uh, I don't know. Completely varied, and it might be different each time you decide to sacrifice something. So, for instance, let's use the. I keep using you as an example, Mike. I apologise. I'm fine. But, Let's say you decide that the only way that you're going to get this book finished is if you don't uh, record any 70 decibels podcasts for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that se- seems like a fairly a d- doable kind of thing, and it's something that you can you could you would you would probably hate it. <laughs> I know that, but if if that's what it ended up being, uh, if that ended up being what was needed in order to get it done, then you could realistically do that. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not talking about okay, you you have to. Um, you have to just stop sending decibels. If you want to write a book, uh, you have to do it. It's not. There's, it's not one or the other. It's not have a girlfriend or um, write a book. It's not one or the other. It's just that at certain times, if you're gonna get, <laughs> I was just about to say a terrible sentence. I'm gonna rephrase things in my head and try again. 
I'll see if I can guess the sentence from what it is you're about to say. If you want to accomplish one of those activities, then um, you are going to have to sacrifice the other one for a little while or not be quite as involved with that particular activity for a little while. (laughs) Oh, dear. I hope that everybody else has cottoned on to that. So... What I'm saying is it's not one thing or the other. You don't have to have a girlfriend or write a book. You don't have to um, have a day job or quit your job and write a book. In fact, most people, even as I was saying earlier, uh, most writers, when, even when they're published, they still have to do both of those two things. It's not a straight choice, and, and, not, and this idea of sacrifice isn't a permanent thing. I didn't, I didn't stop Write For Your Life forever. I just decided it wasn't. Good. I, I couldn't do it in the way that I was doing it. Um, at that particular time, for whatever it was, a couple of months. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, it feels like quite a negative thing to say. It feels like quite a negative message. Um, But I think that if you do have people's support, um, and and you kind of, and if it really, really means that much to you, like I know a lot of people that that, um, listen to this podcast and that have been reading Right for Your Life for the last two, three years, I know a lot of them are, um, right in the middle of novels, they're in the middle of um, this thing that means so much to them, and 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 I've been there, so I don't I don't want to give like a a negative message by saying, oh, if you're going to get it done, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to sacrifice this whole other important thing, because that's it's not it's not a negative message, it's just it's a realistic message, I think, um, but it's also it's it's kind of. Um, it's it's for me it should be it's kind of an inspiring or it should be um, an encouraging a message of encouragement that you know you can do this all you need to do is just make sure that you're focusing on that one thing that means means so much to you really really do it really give it everything you've got don't worry about those other projects for a while speak to your girlfriend or your boyfriend and ask them if they don't mind you spend a few nights every week spending a bit more time on your on your writing um and really just go for it because Otherwise, you will be in this. Uh, potentially, you could be in a, 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 a sort of a perpetual state of of um, getting little bits done instead of getting lots done. And um, and you need you need that intense period. You need to know your novel inside out. And I think that was the revelation for me when I made the first sacrifice. And goodness knows what it was. But when I when I had that first period of of real hard work. Um, all of a sudden, I knew my novel like the back of my hand. It wasn't just, it wasn't just um, stuff that I'd written, and I could, oh, that's you know that bit's quite good. Oh, I'm not sure about that bit. I knew every sentence like the back of my hand. I can quote, and don't ask me to, but I can still quote um, reasonably large passages of a sixty thousand plus word document. And I know that sounds that might sound like well, of course you can. You wrote it, but you know that's quite a lot of words. Um, and you know, I know what order they come in, and all that kind of thing. And when you when you've really worked on something and made it the most important thing in your life um, for any any period of time, no matter how long or short it is, um, then it will become it, the work itself will become better, and you will know it better. And um, I don't know, you start to take a certain sense of a certain um, a certain ownership over of it, over it that um, um, I don't know, just feels good. I agree. I think that's a pretty nice place to wrap up. Yeah, I think so. I'm uh, slightly out of breath. It was good there. We've had some very nice, um, very nice comments from yeah, people. Yeah, we have. We have. Makes me all warm inside. How can people send you those comments? 
people can send me further nice comments um, by, uh, well, on Twitter, for one. Um, that's at Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E. Um, I got the new Twitter today for the first time. Congratulations. Yeah, well, I've been complaining about it because chap I sit next to at work, at M. Beatty, he's a wonderful chap, but um, he's had it for ages and he's got nowhere near as many followers as I have. And <laughs> It's not a popularity contest, bro. Well, it I mean, is. It, it is. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm at least, I don't know, I'm at least 2,900 people more popular than his. And he's had new Twitter for about three months and I got it today. I got it on like the day. Which is inexplicable because I'm a lot more popular se- than me. Too. Several more people more popular than you too. I don't know what I did wrong, and I'm and, and I've got it, and I'm slightly upset about it because I didn't realise that they'd kind of they haven't done away with lists, but they've made them at least two clicks away, and all the all of a sudden this feature that was I found to be by far the most useful feature in all of Twitterland um, has now kind of been relegated. Now I don't when I'm using the, my Mac at home, I, I use twitter for mac i don't use the uh, actual twitter interface at all but when i'm at work and i also i run the the workshops um twitter account i do use i do use the the, the interface it's quite handy just for you know being logged in and checking stuff so one of the key sort of bits of functionality twitter lists is uh, been put at least two or three clicks away so I was, I was quite annoyed about that you should find a good web app to use well i use hootsuite but it's just it's which it's is good much. it's just a bit sluggish too much. the The new tweet deck is pretty good, but um, I don't think it has lists, and it's a web app. It's got, yeah, no, I've got, I've got it. I do use that. I have tried it for for Chrome, and it's um, it's kind of all right. But again, I found, and it's not, it is quite quick. But it, again, it's just a, it just all looks a bit complicated. Oh, I'm talking about the really new one, Twitter, Twitter's tweet deck. It's in oh, the Mac right. App Store. But it's, you can also log into it from the web, from online, I think, as well. So this is not the Chrome extension version. No, not this the, is a brand new one. Okay, well, I'll ch- I'll check it out. Check it out. You can also find me at writeforyourlife.net, and um, if you want to say nice things to me, then just email just email me. Really, I'll just accept any emails. Try and get back to you. Uh, or they can send us. Um, they can people can talk to us via the contact form, can't they? On seventy yeah. decibels. How would they find that though, Mike? They just go to seventy decibels dot com forward slash contact. There you go. And they just and select right for your life from the drop down list, and then it gets sent to my inbox. Marvelous. And how can they find you um, in a more personal sense? Um, would you like my address? No. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at imike. I m y k e. And as well as saying nice things to us, people can also suggest topics. Yeah. And uh, Mike's got this, for all his podcasts, Mike, I don't know if you know this, listeners, but Mike has this magic hat, which is shaped like a, it's sort of shaped like a, it's like a bowler hat, and he puts all suggestions in there and uh, ignores them. But not on this podcast. (laughs) It is. It's the hat of, of ignorance. On this podcast, now I'm involved, I'm going to put one hand on the hat and keep it just slightly towards me uh, so that I can look in and pick out topics. So if you want to send topics in, then uh, then feel free and we'll, we'll see if we can talk about them. Yeah, just don't send them to me because I'll put them in the hat. Yep. 
I mean, none of that was true, obviously. No, no, I, I don't think that that was something that people doubted. But um, you never know. You never know. Thank you very much, Mr. Broom, for terrifying me for half an hour. Um, but I appreciate the life lessons learnt. No problem. I hope I don't sound like I'm preaching at people. That's not my intention. I'll run out of things to say eventually, and I'll end up talking. The last five minutes will basically be the entire podcast at some point. Um, but hopefully there are some more topics in as yet. There you go. Thanks, Ian. Oh, um, there is a. There, we did announce on the last episode that there was. We were doing a giveaway of our previous sponsor, which is Phraseology. Um, you're going to be contacted on Twitter if you are one of the free winners. There you go. Con- congratulations. Congratulations to you if you are one of the free winners. But now I think this episode is over. It has expired. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Always, never a chore. Farewell, dear maiden. Bye bye.